Hey, all you beautiful people out there, this is Craig with the Break the Bell podcast, and I am just here to give a little love for my friends over at Second Print Comics Podcast, which launches this Wednesday, August 5th. So make sure to check that out, whether you're a comic book junkie who's been reading for years or you're a newbie just interested in getting started but have no idea where to begin, kind of like myself, or you're just looking to get a break from all the BS going on in the world and get into something a little lighthearted, this podcast is for you. It's a little bit of something for everyone, so make sure to check it out. The show launches, like I said, this Wednesday, August 5th. Make sure you listen to our show first before you switch over to there, but uh, definitely want to give a little love to them and say check them out and also check them out on all their social medias at Second Print Comics Pod. That's Second Print Comics P-O-D for podcast. Make sure you, you check them out and give them a shout out. Thanks. Everybody, welcome back to the Break the Bell podcast. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello, Bill. Hey, Craig, how are you? Doing good. We're back to the show where we talk about what's going on in the world, all this craziness, and then we also mix it in with a little side of, like, usually a history lesson or parallel it with some things that have happened in the past because, like they say, um, what's the saying that goes, like, if you forget? Oh, the past, you're doomed to forget it? Yeah, you're doomed to fail or something. Or history. Or something, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> we'll have the exact quote yeah. next week, so tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you don't know what uh, happened in, in history, uh, you're, it's doomed to repeat itself, basically. So that's why we like to tie in a little bit of parallels with historical stuff and maybe um, help us understand a little bit better about what's Context. going on today. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just before we get into all that, though, man... Um, just wanted to get into what's been going on with us recently. Yeah, you just went on a vacation. I did. It was. Just, I'd call it a mini vacation. Mini, more than anything. okay. Because I mean, we just went camping. We um got got to hike around, see some waterfalls, and do some floating down a river. And nice. It was fun until uh, the floating was really fun until my nine year old my my wife pointed out a leaf that was floating in the water, and she's <laughs> like, "I think that's a snake." And then after that, the the kid wouldn't put his. <laughs> His rear back in the tube for the rest. Even after we saw that it was just a leaf, he was like laying up on the side of the tube. <laughs> so I, I told her, I was like, thanks for ruining that. <laughs> well, then later, um, we're getting close to the end, and she's like, "I uh, this is getting to the part, about to that part where you got to go over that waterfall. Oh, jeez. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Shut your mouth, woman. <laughs> we're trying to relax. <laughs> it was just, it wasn't, she meant like a little rapid area, right. like oh, yeah. just a little like white water. And it wasn't even that rough, but I was just like, seriously? He, he thought you were going over Niagara Falls. Yeah, so he's like, a waterfall? It's like, oh my God. <laughs> so um, I, when we were driving home, though, I, I turned to my wife and said the words, I'm like, thank God I still have like three days off to just kind of relax for a little bit. Not even, tw- done that. Yeah, not even 20 minutes later, we get a call 
from um, there's people working in our basement because we have we've had a leak in our basement for months now, and I think we've talked about it before on yeah. here how we were in like a soggy, swampy room. We were, yes, it was um, very swampy. It was, and so we thought they were just going to rip out the carpet, find like a crack in the foundation, and seal it up, and it'd be fine, and they'd have it all back together when we got back. Easy peasy, right? Not the case. They um, decided to rip all. Well, they waited so long to get there that the drywall was starting to get, like, squishy, so they ripped that up, like, four feet. Well, your dog ate half of it. Well, the dog did tear into it while we were in the middle of podcasting <laughs> once, trying to get into the room. But, so they decided to dig out um, a trench around the outside to bury, like, a drainage uh, oh, tile, right. so it would drain over to the um, the sump pump. While, and, and this is how you know you're having a bad day, is when you're jackhammering, and all of a sudden, you smell sewer. Uh, they found a broken sewer line. So while we're driving home, we get that phone call saying, hey, we need you to move everything from... We already moved everything from the basement into the garage before right. we left. We have to move all that stuff from the garage to a storage shed now. Oh, and man. Like, well, there goes my three days of relaxing. Yeah. All that to say, we are in not in our typical location. And no. so we had to move everything all the recording stuff to a top secret, super, super secret location. Yes, this is, this is like the, the bunker. It's, yes. This is not our typical spot, but we, we had to ghetto rig this entire room up <laughs> in order to kind of fit the standard that we're used to. Yes. And it looks really cool. It, it does. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the funny thing is, and I told you this before the show is, um, we put more effort into relocating our setup here than the the women from the View did when they when they had to uh, right. record from do home recordings for the View after uh, coronavirus hit because I saw a couple episodes at customers like um, businesses that was playing on I don't watch the View don't mm-hmm. I don't watch the View <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it was playing at this hotel I was working at and. Uh, you could, it was like they've never webcasted before or Zoom chatted because right. you were like looking up Whoopi Goldberg's nose because the webcam was like down here. So, well, they probably thought it, it like humanized them, right? Well, that they brought them down them. to earth no. and made them seem like, you know, they were real people. No, I don't think so. No, <laughs> it just made them look more dumb than they already I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, I mean, you know, she kind of looks like the predator, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's got to be some offense to that somewhere I'm but sure. but that's all right that's what we do <laughs> but all that to say we put in all the effort to move everything that we put into making this look and sound as good as we possibly can hopefully you guys think it sounds uh, good yeah i mean and and you know what you see looks good but what we see looks like macgyver came in and, and <laughs> had a holiday right so <laughs> so but we are here and we are trying to make this as good as equally good as uh you're used to hearing because I, I think we set kind of a standard, so we, uh, yeah, we'd like to keep we'd like that. to keep that standard. So, um, other frustrating things that have happened this week. So last week I was super stoked that is stoked still a word. Do people still say stoked? No, but go ahead. All right, that shows maybe that shows my age. Super stoked. Maybe the, in California they might still say maybe yeah, like that of uh, old surfers. <laughs> America was blessed that baseball kick back off. Yes, I remember. We talked about how excited you were last Mm -hmm. week, despite Fauci screwing up. The (laughs) the worst pitch ever. No, that was actually exciting. But but you were, life was normal for you. Everything was good. I was in my happy place. You were in your happy place. So, actually, while I was camping, I had my laptop there, and I was, uh, they had Wi-Fi at the campground, and I was watching baseball games at the campground. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, I I figured it wouldn't. Um, so then the weekend came and I went to look up the baseball game and it said it got postponed. So I was like, what the, 
fuck. Right. So I looked up why, and apparently like four or five Cardinals players have come down with the with the corona, and so mm-hmm. they postponed um, all the way up to at least Tuesday at this point, which you're going to be hearing this on Wednesday, but Tuesday for us, right now it's Sunday, so it, that canceled like four games. That sucks. At least all the way up till Tuesday. So we'll see where that goes. I'm really hoping they don't decide, you know, right? just screw it all, just Scratch it, we'll there, do it next week. Yeah, I was gonna say so. So then those games just they get canceled. Those teams don't play. I think they go to double headers actually. Just oh, do to they? Make okay. Up for them, which makes no sense because they're the re- things they're putting in place now are to keep players away from each other for or right. like because they'll have them on the field. They're not even doing I think extra innings right now just to get them off the field faster. Oh, okay. So let's do double headers. That makes sense. So. um yeah, hopefully that. And from the last I heard, the baseball commissioner was like, "No, we're gonna push. Let's let's push forward. It it doesn't yeah. matter. Screw screw the players. Who well, cares?" They the this may make you feel better about that, but four of the Steelers are now are on the uh, COVID nineteen list. So it's kind of like a um kind of an IR list, you know, mm-hmm. where they're kind of unable to play or perform until they clear. So well, at least the season hasn't started. This or is been true. Delayed yeah. Yet, so hopefully because two of them are like you know two of the big offensive guys players, yeah. and so yeah hopefully you know they're able to proceed yeah going into the season well you haven't already lost half your season this so is true baseball's is true. lost half its season already but so to cancel to honest, games half of a baseball season is still four times the size of a football season that's true but, <laughs> but there's a reason for that because <laughs> no baseball's so much better <laughs> well uh we're gonna get into this show we gotta always as always lots and lots and lots of things to cover Make sure you go check us out on our social medias, uh, facebook.com slash breakthebell, uh, Twitter at breakthebellpod, Instagram at breakthebellpod. Find us on our YouTube channel. Find us anywhere you can. Hit us up. We do have a chat forum where you can get in and um, discuss with us or like send us stuff. Um, you can send us memes if you want, and we'll throw them up on the, the uh, Party Line Patriot segment. Um, you can find that. Just, just type in at the top of Facebook, um, Break the Bell Forum, and you'll find it and just... Uh, send a, yourself like requesting to get in and um, we'll most likely if we, we think you're worthy of conversation with us, then we'll let you in. <laughs> we don't usually turn humans down. We just <laughs> No, we, we have no high standard. No, no, no standards whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We promote um, dialogue and debate and stuff. So if um, you have different opinions than what we have, definitely come on and share them. And I'm more than happily happy to discuss it with you. Absolutely. And sharing is caring. So please share. Absolutely. And I, we're, we're in the works of possibly this weekend doing a live stream bonus chat, just me yes. and you, um, on a, my back porch, we're going to smoke some cigars, have some whiskey and just do a live stream. Nice. If we, if we can get the live stream up and working, I haven't yeah. tried it yet. Okay. So, um, if not, nice. then we'll at least do the conversation and release it as bonus content. If we can get the live stream going and we can get um, it to work the way we want, we might be able to get you in on anybody who wants to get in on Zoom conversation, get you in here and and chat with us as well. That'd if be we, fun. Yeah, if we can, if my bandwidth will uh, allow it, and if um, I can figure out all this crazy technology that the kids are using these days, then then we'll push forward with that. Just give you a hint of what bonus content could look like if we do uh, get to the numbers we want to start releasing regular bonus content. So Sounds look good. forward to that. Possibly Saturday or Sunday, I will release more information on all our pages 
later this week. So uh, with that, anything else? Nothing else. All right, then we are going to get into this intro. All right. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What'd you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You're talking to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Who are you talking to? And we're back. We are back again, once again, because we always come back. You can't get rid of us for very long. We're like a bad penny. It's true. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into today, though, so... Um, as usual, 2020 yeah. is the gift that keeps on giving. It's true. Um, I did hear, this isn't one of the stories that I, um, we're going to cover, but uh, speaking of 2020, I did hear that uh, they, I think in Washington, they captured like five murder hornets. Man, we haven't heard of murder really? hornets for a while. Yeah. And they're all, making a come. They're yeah. like, you guys have ignored us the first time. Yep. And we're coming in in force, all five of us. All five of us, <laughs> yep. So what we're really here to talk about is more of the crazy shit that's going on in the country and around the world. Yeah, like oh. I said, there's quite a bit. Minneapolis is popping back up again. Yeah. I thought they went away, even though that's where all this bullshit started. I thought everyone kind of forgot about Minneapolis. I, I think Minneapolis is a little like us. You know, yeah. you think they're gone, but they come back. Which is <laughs> funny because you see some of these protests, and we don't have this article either, but you see like in, I think it was Portland, they were burning Bibles and I stuff saw like that. that. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck does that have to do with George Floyd's death? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are we even protesting at this point? That's yeah. not protesting police no. brutality. Like I said, uh, everything that they're coming out against, it just, it, it reminds me so much of like the French Revolution, mm -hmm. you know? And it just starts with the institutions, it moves to the churches, the religion, mm -hmm. you know, it just is, I'm waiting for them to pull, whip out a guillotine, you know? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that would be awesome. That'd be making <laughs> yeah, it a great You year. know, guillotines, they, they, they just they, were underrated. Yeah, they don't get enough credit. They do. Um, but, again, we've kind of lost sight of the whole George Floyd thing. And, like I said, Minneapolis has kind of gone by the wayside. But they're yeah. back, so don't worry. Yeah. Um, the police have gone defunct, so that's kind of led to what this story right. is you brought I, to I my mean, attention. Yeah, you remember the, uh, what was it, the councilwoman that said that uh, by not wanting to get broken into, that's, that's <laughs> white privilege. Yes, obviously. Right? So the police department um, from the third precinct, which is kind of the area that got hit really hard by the protest, right? Mm -hmm. the, the businesses firebombed and windows broken and stuff. Uh, they issued a, uh, a letter to the residents July 28th. And um, I got the article pulled you up do. here. Oh, Are you going to read from it? or um... uh, I'll just read the, the highlights here. Okay. Um, so it says robberies and carjackings have increased in our precinct. Um, cell phones, purses, vehicles are being targeted. 
Victims are being maced, dragged, assaulted, and some threat with a gun. That sounds like a great Friday night. Yes. <laughs> and it says most of these crimes occur uh, 42nd East, 100th robberies and 20 carjackings have been reported. Um, so they give a list of helpful tips, right? Oh, of course. Things that you can do that uh, may save your life. <laughs> so it says don't walk alone. Right? That's mm -hmm. always a good one. We see in horror movies all the time. Right. Be hyper aware of your surroundings at all times. Carry only items you need. <laughs> Carry less cash. Oh, you forgot to say pay attention with an Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Point. Pay attention. That is an important one. It's got an exclamation point, so it must be important. Yes. Be prepared to give up your cell phone, purse, or wallet. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. Only carry what you need, but prepare to give that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So only carry on you that you don't mind giving to the robber. Because exactly. This is what we are recommending now. Yes, it may just save your life. Have your keys already in your hand as you approach your car. So you can give them to the robber so they can <laughs> take, take, take your, your car, car too. That, that's just good <laughs> customer service. Yes. And, excuse me, I want to rob a car. Do you offer a valet? <laughs> <laughs> we don't We don't want to make you wait for me to pull the keys out of my pocket, so I'm going to carry my hand so I can just hand them to you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So then, um, let's see. It goes on to say, hold on, I got kicked out. I, I got the list here. All right, continue. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Despite all our efforts, robberies may still occur. Do not argue or fight with the criminal. Do as they say. Your safety <laughs> is most important. In spite, yeah. Despite all of this, giving them your car, giving them your keys, giving them everything else, robberies still may occur. Don't, don't, don't fight back with them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, your safety is the most important. Right. You may be stuck, stranded. Obviously. And then be a good witness. When you call 911, pre prepare to answer many questions. How many suspects? Age, height, complexion, hair, eye color, scars, or tattoos, weapon. What did it look like? <laughs> what did what? Wait, what did what look like? The weapon, I think. Oh, all right. <laughs> it sounds kinky. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Vehicle description. What direction they lead, did they leave? So... What does that say about a, you know, police force when, well, when they're telling you to just do what they it say? It sounds like a defunded, defunct police force. <laughs> right? what, a, what the hell else are they supposed yeah. to do? Yeah. It's like, well, sorry, you're on your own. You're just going to have to give them your shit. Well, we know the city council thinks that by expecting to not get mugged, that that's white privilege. Right. right? Obviously. So, so um, this is just kind of elaborating on that, expanding on that, saying... As you are planning to get mugged, these are things you can prepare for. <laughs> give your cell phones, purse, and wallet to the robbers. Give your car. It doesn't say give your car to them, but it says have keys in your hand. So they might as well be giving that away too. But um, despite everything else, robberies are still probably going to happen. And we're probably still not going to um, respond to that because this yeah. is what you all wanted. You know, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a while, but it sounds like that would be a really great skit. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome, or even like one of like um, a CSI episode, right? <laughs> because they're so cheesy. Yeah, um, and I've been to Minneapolis. I like Minneapolis; it's a nice place. But um, yeah, it just sounds like uh, it's not the place to be right now. No, 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 no. So, like, and as bad as it is, um, just wait till. They completely defund the police force. Oh yeah, I mean, well, they'll bring in what the the neighborhood watchmen that'll right. that'll somehow help the situation. But if they're issuing this this warning, it sounds like to me like any neighborhood watchmen haven't really kicked in just obviously. Yet. Or so. what, and what good are they really going to do? Yeah, with this much robberies that are going on. Yeah, and carjackings and all of this stuff. 
Yeah. Um, it says, um, also suggests for avoiding a carjacking, such as never leave anything of value in your car. No, carry it on you so you can give it to the robber, remember? <laughs> right, exactly. Never leave your car running and unattended. This is just stuff that you should already know. Right. Yeah, especially in Minneapolis, yeah. you know. You see that stuff all the time in Iowa, but, you know, right. we have police. <laughs> all right. So I think that said enough about that. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. It I, is. Like, like I said, you got to have a plan in place before you can completely abolish a police force or defund it. You have to have a plan that's going yeah. to make up for it's not like the crime rate's going to go down just because you changed right. the yeah. police force. Uh, on the contrary, I mean, you've seen in all these cities, New York, Minneapolis, Chicago. I mean, Chicago, I mean crime has gone up, like, big time. Yeah, I mean, shootings have gone up. Robberies have gone up. I mean, it's amazing to me how quickly things have just taken off. Right. And people still want to blame the police. It's and a, um, one thing I forgot to mention last week was um, the reason why Trump was sending troops to Chicago was particularly to fight the gun crimes there. It wasn't, right. it wasn't the same as Portland. It was specifically for the, the increase in gun crimes that yeah. are going on there. So, um, oh, have you seen the meme of the, the Chicago mayor where she's kind of sitting and the whole city's like on fire behind her. And she's like, we don't have a problem here. We, <laughs> there's nothing to see. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like that meme with the dog with the coffee cup right. and fire around. I was like, this, I, this is fine. <laughs> exactly. All right. Moving away from Minneapolis. You had a couple of things with, um, yeah. So uh, the native American culture. Yeah. Going do, on. You, do you remember when, uh, Bud Light, they used to do like uh, great American heroes, you know, and they, mm -hmm. great American oh, yeah. heroes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I used I to love, love this, song. right? So I just wanted to bring attention to this guy. Um, he, uh, he got laid off during the whole COVID thing, right? Mm -hmm. And he started up a kind of a, a PayPal to pick up barrels and, and stuff. Um, his name is uh, Zoldzani, and he started this uh, Water Warrior. It's a Water Warriors United, right? And so he started, um, bought a truck. And started going around the reservation in, uh, in, this is in, um, let's see here, uh, Rocky Ridge, Arizona. And, um, he lives in the Four Corners space. I don't know if you know, it's like where all the states kind of meet. Yep, right? yep, yep, yep. Okay. And so he started going around delivering water to, to farmers and people on the reservation who, who need water for their livestock and stuff where, mm -hmm. where there's been a drought. Right. And um, so he has expanded. He's got um, like 12 volunteers now and two trucks, big trucks, and they just continue to go around and just make sure people get the water they need. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, one person makes a difference. He sees a need and he fills it. So, you know. Yeah, it's always nice to get a, a feel-good story of people actually doing good. Yeah, in a world of so much complete selfish bullshit right now, we should start like a like a like American hero like we segment. We might get sued by Bud Budweiser. Well, we but... can call it something else. All right, anyway. we'll have to come up with a theme song and everything. Yeah. Are you gonna sing? Are you gonna sing the theme? Song? I don't know. What did you think of my rendition? It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. So yeah, it's always good to get um, some good going on in the world because there's so little of it. It just seems. I mean, there's a lot of it. But nobody talks about that no, stuff. The news it, doesn't. It's, it's not so newsworthy. So much focus on the negative. Yeah, and so. um, making people hate each other and all that 
stuff. So yeah. Anyway, back to all the negativity. (laughs) (laughs) We're done with the good stuff. Buckle up. No, actually, um, this is more related to um, yeah, like the Native American culture, and this is actually a good thing. Um, it is. It's got a bad spin on it, but um, but I think it's a good thing. Um, so uh, this uh, is an article you sent me talking about Ivanka Trump head head heading up a um, it's called. Missing and murdered indigenous women. There you go. So it's it's like cold cases. It's like reopening cold cases and investigating cold cases against uh, missing and murdered Na- Native Americans, which my question to you is why are they bringing this up now? But who yeah. cares? Something good is actually happening. Right. This is a, from an executive order that Trump signed back in November. Mm-hmm. And what it says, it's called Operation Lady Justice Task Force. And it sets up these branches in uh, like seven different states, including Phoenix, Nashville, Tennessee, um, Anchorage, uh, Minneapolis, um, or Bloomington, I'm sorry. And uh, basically they're open to uh, re- do investigations on missing and murdered um, American Indian and Alaska natives. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, that's I think that's a really good thing. He's... You know, they're kind of just saying it's an election stunt, but as we talked last week, that's what politicians do. Right. Um, I think it's a really good thing that someone's looking into some of this because a lot of times these are the, the people that are ignored. So. Yeah, of course. Um, they're they're so far disconnected to everything else that's going on in the country that um, you just kind of turn a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. Um, all these... People getting pushed out of their territory, and like like we have mentioned before, they have like the the worst medical care there. Um, nobody really talks about them right. during this coronavirus, yeah. and which and, they've uh, been hit really hard by it all. So for somebody to actually like focus on them a little bit, even if it is a political stunt, right? Come election year, hey, if something good comes of this, I'm I'm okay with the political stunt that right. good actually comes out of. Yeah, which and. <clears throat> tied into that, you know, we talked after the old Oklahoma thing that there would be an uptick in uh, cases like mm-hmm. with land and everything, and there has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, it's kind of opened the floodgates. There's been a lot of uh, like, like uh, cases brought to attention saying, "Hey, we want our land back." So mm. um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how those go. Yeah, I mean, like you said, precedent. If precedent is sent is set, usually. Additional cases follow the same precedent because I mean that's how court works. Like exactly. most cases are are um, determined based on precedent of a former case. So we want to keep moving right along. Um, keep talking about like missing people. All of a sudden, I don't know if it's all of a sudden, but recently it's come to our attention that a bunch of protests are coming up about missing children. Yeah, and I don't know if it has to do with like the Ghislaine Maxwell, like kind of right. re-sparking that uh, attention towards the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, and people are just starting to wake up to this this mm-hmm. whole whole idea. But I got this video here that you sent me. I'm gonna pull it up really fast. Give me a second. Share the screen. Hang on, it's on Facebook, and people are trying to talk over me. What the hell? Share. No All right. courtesy. Here's these protests. So you see people holding signs 
Aaron. You see these people holding signs and um, stuff. Uh, and you see references to like Pizzagate. And I don't know how much you dug into Pizzagate back Just in. Just a little in bit. Not a lot. 16. Um, the thing with Pizzagate, and I, I've dug into it a lot because um, mm -hmm. I was kind of part of a conspiracy podcast for a while. And you can't dig do conspiracies and not touch on something like Pizzagate. Even, even as gross as you feel after studying up right. on some of that stuff. Um, it's kind of something you got to talk about. Yeah. And people... If you even throw out Pizzagate, um, especially back then, um, people look at you like you're freaking nuts and it's been debunked and there was no b basement in the pizza parlor, blah, blah, blah. And part of me just thinks it was um, kind of, there's a term in the conspiracy world specifically called controlled opposition where like if there's like this known thing going around, like say a, a child sex ring or something like that let's throw out the most bizarre story and um so people just realize how crazy that sounds and then everything else sounds crazy and you just attach it like so if people start talking about child sex ring you can just be like oh you're one of those pizza gate nuts you know and um just kind of throw people off the trail two years ago when we recorded that podcast i remember saying um that if you if you told somebody today here in america that there was a, a pedophile ring of the elite, an elite pedophile ring of child trafficking and human trafficking. People tell you you're nuts. But in the UK, back then, if you were to say there's a ring of elite, there's an elite ring of child pedophilia and child trafficking, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we know. And, and you pr probably shouldn't talk about this, but nowadays... With the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, right? Like, how many people now are like, have you seen that have thrown up the whole Jeffrey Epstein wasn't murdered? Oh yeah, and yeah, it was like all it. over the place. So maybe not Pizzagate, but as far as Epstein's concerned, if you throw out, um, hey, there, there's an elite child sex ring, and the elites are involved in it. It's getting closer to right. that what I said back then about the UK, where people are like, yeah, no shit, yeah, we knew that, we know that. Mm -hmm. So, was there anything more about this video you had? Um, no, I was trying to find a video. There was one that actually took place at the CNN headquarters. And uh, there was a big group of people banging on the windows saying, mm -hmm. you know, save our children. You know, wanting them to cover more of this right. stuff. Because, it, you know, it's CNN's been pretty quiet on it all. And it's not getting covered in the news. And like right. like we said, the Epstein stuff's probably bringing it out. But it's not just F Epstein well, stuff. There's. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of kids oh, go missing yeah. every single year. I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but it, it's just thousands yeah. and thousands of kids go missing every year. Yeah. And so it, it's a real thing. Well, and I had read a stat that uh, like slavery today, you know, whether that's sex trafficking or other, you know, child labor mm -hmm. is it, it's higher today than it ever was at the height of slavery in the 1800s. Really? Yeah. That is insane. Um, but... Like, like I started to say, um, it's more than just, like, so many people are looking into um, the Epstein stuff and mm -hmm. really wanting this information to come out about. And it, it's like, grab your popcorn, watching all these elite people fall, and, right. like, how many people are involved in this. But what people don't realize is how much of it's going on in their own backyard, right. in their own communities. Yeah. And that, that ties into where next week we're going to have a, two special guests, actually. 
and they're the experts on this. It's not um, us just running our mouths. We're getting some experts in here. And um, these two uh, um, guests that we're going to have on, one's name is uh, Sandy Storm, and she's an author, a motivational speaker, and a former victim of, of, of child trafficking. Oh, wow. So I think some I read that she um, had been trafficked from the age of five. I don't know how oh many gosh. years, but but yeah, she's a former victim, and now she's an author and a motivational speaker. And then also with her coming on is Tracy Klein, who works for True Justice International, which is an organization that fights human trafficking on a local and a global uh, level. So oh. so they um, not only like go glo- like global level of fighting, but they also are in various communities fighting human trafficking. They go into, um, like, they actually go into work with, like, um, prostitutes and try and give them a way out. And so some of these workers that are down at that local level, they're being threatened by, like, the pimps and stuff because they're actually giving them a way out and and hope and stuff. So, so yeah, Sandy Storm and Tracy Klein are going to be on. We're going to be interviewing them next week. And so um, it's going to be... a way different direction than we usually go. But um, I just kind of want, with all this Epstein stuff going on, I just kind of wanted to give a an idea of, look, this shit's going on way beyond the Epstein level. Right. This is going on everywhere. Yeah. And it, so... It's a major th- problem, and it, it needs to be addressed. People need to be educated on it. Yeah, and for, for somebody to sit around and be like, well, they need to bring these people to justice. There's stuff we can be doing mm-hmm. at our local level, and, and that's what these... Um, two women are going to come on and kind of educate us on what we can do to help and um and and how much this actually affects us at this level so uh, i look forward to talking to them that's going to be a really interesting conversation uh definitely tune in next week um and we're gonna really dig into some interesting stuff with that so um yeah there's there's so much more yeah and i do think these people need to be brought to justice absolutely but it goes way beyond uh, that. And, and let's let's not forget, I mean, the children. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, these people are sleazeballs. You know, right. and no matter what level of society they're at, they need to be brought to justice. Mm-hmm. But it's the kids. It's the corruption of the innocent that needs to be addressed. They need to be the focus. Right. So. Right. And the, the workers that um, get stuck in this, in a cycle of this, they right. don't think they can get out. Um yeah, like like you said, it it, it and it kind of gets turned political. Like you always see, right. well, it's Epstein and his friend of Democrats that he, right. it, or it's Epstein is friends with Trump, and right. it's just like wanting to see your side go right. down. And, and, like, and that's the focus I've seen is like, oh, um, the these Trump staffers have been linked to Epstein, or mm-hmm. or oh, Bill Clinton, oh, oh, you know, but you know, it it's <laughs> let's take it from left and right, and let's just put it on the focus where it needs to be, right. Right, yeah, they they do need to come down if if that's what it is. But let's not politicize something that's such a serious issue. Yeah, uh, and let's let's focus more on the victims and focus on rehabilitating the victims and what we can do from our perspective. We had Remzo a couple weeks ago. He had talked about how politicians aren't going to change your life for you. It right. doesn't matter which politician you're going to get in. Um, it's, it's up to you to kind of make those changes. And it's kind of the same in this situation. It's not taking down Jeffrey Epstein isn't going to solve sex trafficking right. and child trafficking. It's, it's just not because how many times do you see like little small, um, rings getting arrested where mm-hmm. like three people were involved right. in trafficking, maybe two kids that 
Yeah. That alone is a huge, that's a huge accomplishment, but you yeah. don't really hear that talked about. Right. But like I said, it's not going to be the end all game by taking down Ghislaine Maxwell or right. even her cronies or whoever was yeah. involved. And, and, you know, organization like the, the ladies coming on or other organizations like them, mm-hmm. you know, there is no government like task force or organization like that. You know, right. this is coming from the private sector. These are people that have taken it upon themselves to act you know, whereas others should act and not, oh, well, the police will take care of it, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously it's know. still happening. And sometimes exactly. the police are involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Politicians right. are involved. The, um, there's corruption at, at the local level. Even right. it's not just these high up politicians. There's corruption everywhere. And um, you see it in some of these communities where like drugs keep getting pushed, 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 and the cops never show up. It's like, hmm, well, I wonder how much the cops are in their pocket or right. they're in the cops' pocket, you know? There's, there's just corruption at all levels. Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry, you know? Right, and so for people like these two individuals, Sandy Storm and Tracy Klein, to take it on themselves to, to raise awareness or to work at that level, um, that's just amazing to me. So, um, Do you know what the name of their organization is? Yeah, I, I said it. It's True Justice International. So um, you can find True Justice International Global and Global. So True Justice Global or True Justice International. She works for international, um, whichever the difference is. So, um, yeah, there's multiple levels at it. Like I said, it's local and global communities that they're they're working for. So um, can't wait to get them on. That will be um, really interesting. So Definitely. come back next week. Moving on, pushing on um, big things that happen with Trump, more stuff happening with Trump. Yeah. So uh, apparently Trump had, um, you know, in his Twitter glory, um, said that he thought that may have to delay the election, which is exactly what everybody wanted to hear. <laughs> right. I mean, we just got off an episode last week talking about the possibility of it, it looking like he's almost imposing martial law. Is, right. I mean, is he just wanting? Well, uh, yeah, and this narrative they're trying to build of the fact that he maybe have to be forced out of office. Right. right? I mean, he's not helping his, his I know. team at all. <laughs> I know. He's not helping the narrative that they're working. It seems that they're working against him, that he's going to have to be forced out by, by saying stuff like this. Hey, we're exactly. going to have to. Um, did you want me to read this article? Yeah, go for it. All right. So let me get rid of all the ads. So this is from thehill.com. Mm-hmm. It says, legal experts blast Trump floating election delay. And like you said, this came out in a, a tweet because I, I, I swear the guy doesn't know how to say anything good on Twitter. No. And surprisingly enough, I, I've gone back and watched and listened to a few of um, Trump's interviews from back in the 80s with Oprah or in the 90s with uh, Larry King on CNN. And he, he had thrown around the idea of running for president then. Right. And he sounded like a super intelligent guy, just the way he... Yeah. Um, like presented himself, just his language and his mm-hmm. demeanor. He almost was on par with like what you consider uh, Obama in, in like speaking abilities. Okay. Then comes um, the world of uh, reality TV Trump, and then the Twitterverse Trump. And yeah. the guy just like they like they say he sounds like a bumbling buffoon. Yeah, he's self-destructed. Yes, and so he just sounds like he has no vocabulary now. And when he does get on Twitter, he. Uh, just runs his mouth and sounds even dumb, more more dumb, dumber, stupider, whatever you want to call that. 
So it says a course of constitutional scholars and election law experts slammed President Trump's suggestion Thursday that the November 3rd general election be delayed in light of an unexpected uptick in mail-in voting amid the coronavirus pandemic. Trump's tweet raised the idea of postponing Election Day was based on the groundless claim, which he has frequently repeated, that increasing the share of balloting by mail would invite widespread voter fraud. Now, The Hill is clearly has a bias, obviously, right. because they say the groundless claim, right. even though experts on the other side say uh, that voter fraud is well definitely... Grounded. And there's already been multiple cases of them finding like people tampering with votes. Right. It would be... I mean, it'd be easy to just like, oops, I lost that vote in the mail. <laughs> you know, the, you get the mail in and it's just like throw it in the trash. So uh, for them to say it's a groundless, cha- uh, groundless claim is completely biased. I'm not saying one way or another whether it's good or bad, but um, there's obviously some grounds to the the um, the thought that it could be uh, lead to voter fraud. Right. Goes on to say with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good. I don't know what's happening. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election that, in history. This is Trump's tweet. Yes, that's why it's all over. So absentee voting is good, he says, but universal mail-in voting is bad. How is how is there a difference there? Well, because absentee yeah. voting is mail-in voting. I've done it. It before. is right. Yeah, it's primarily used by the military. Yes, that's when I did it. Was yeah. in the military. But universal mail-in, I guess, is one of those things where, and I think we got we got something in the mail that said, you know, mm-hmm. you know, cast your vote today or whatever, you know, right. And I, I so I think. Yeah, I don't know what the difference is between the two, and we should probably maybe, like, take a look and just kind of see, like, okay, what's the odds, you know, right. of something like... So, he goes on to say, it would be a great embarrassment to the USA to delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. Um, says, legal experts were quick to point out that a president cannot lawfully delay a presidential election. I don't think he was lawfully delaying it. He was merely suggesting it on Twitter. Right. That's like when... uh. Um, we, we've <laughs> quoted him several times. Michael Savage came on and said, impose martial law. That doesn't mean Michael Savage has right. the constitutional right to impose martial yeah. law. He was just saying, impose martial law. And that's the yeah. same thing and, with and, Trump here. And I'm pretty sure laws don't get made through Twitter. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank God. Right. Because I mean, we'd be in a world <laughs> of hurt after Trump. He needs to have like how he has campaign speech writers. He needs to have like a filter, a person that to, that posts his Twitter. Yeah, that he just you know the people that like type the books exactly for somebody. I can't think of what it's yeah, called. Like a ghostwriter. Yeah, where you're just saying yeah. it and they're typing it. Yeah, he needs that for his he, Twitter. He needs he, a ghost Twitter person. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> he, he's like, we need to delay the elections, and they're like, it would be it would behoove us to look into different ways to elect besides vote mail in votes and <laughs> just like completely yeah. um, edit everything he says. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm really surprised nobody has approached him on this because Twitter gets him in more trouble than anything. Yes, right. So They probably have, and he's like, no, I, yeah, got, this. Like, no, I got this. I got this. I'm the president. This is huge. <laughs> so it goes on to say, the Constitution sets the expiration of a presidential term in stone, and Congress has also set exact dates by which presidential electors must meet and transmit their votes, um, said Robert Tsai, a constitutional scholar and law professor at at American University. I didn't know there was an American University, but it sounds very patriotic. It does. Uh, only a federal or a change in federal law passed by Congress could alter the election timeline. We know that. 
we all know. I mean, if you didn't know that, I mean, it's easy to see that, like you said, Trump can't just come out in a tweet and say, this is hey, what's happening. Delay this. Yeah. Um, I have this. Uh, this is from um, the Daily Wire. So uh, the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, went on Face the Nation and was asked about this. And he came out and said, uh, listen, all of this that we're talking about comes down to one thing, universal mail-in ballots. That is not a good idea for the country. We don't have to look any further than New York to see what a debacle that mail-in ballots have been when we have weeks and weeks of delay of who the winner is. Can you imagine if that was it for the president of the United States? Um, basically, he's saying that uh, the country is not equipped to do um, a universal mail-in b- ballots across the 50 states. I mean, who's going to count all that? Because I know they, right. they don't have the manpower to count every single mail and oh, yeah. vote and make sure it's hand like stamped. Well, and- I mean, do you remember what the, a shit show the the caucus was here in Iowa for the Democratic? I mean, I thought it, I think did they even come up with results? Are they still counting? I, I, I don't know at all. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, just look at the when they still had the punch ballots. Back yeah. in two thousand, uh, in two thousand, oh my was? gosh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> where you know the term "impregnated Chad" became like a really, <laughs> really common statement. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what that is, you're way too young. Um, <laughs> it's when they you'd poke because you like have to punch out a vote, and when it didn't like all the way punch off, it would just like poke. From what I understand, you like poke it with like. Yeah. A, a stick or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my young brain explaining it because I don't even think I voted in that election. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, so, or a hanging chat and pregnant chat. That's when it didn't all the way fall off. So they had to go back and recount those in Florida because Florida just, I mean, that was just a ridiculous. Oh, yeah, they, they have movies about about it. I mean, that's how ridiculous mm-hmm. it is. So, so just imagine mail-in votes. And, yeah. But, but the, it's a baseless claim to say that there could possibly be any anything right. but um super uh you right. know like super official elections or you yeah. know nothing's going to get tampered with there's no no chance something could get missed if uh with these mail in ballots that's a baseless yeah. claim and i mean i do see a place where it could be like you know we may not know who the winner is mm-hmm. you know maybe to January because you know you got to wait till all the you have everything you well, know and then even then something might get missed. Well, look at this. Well, we'll talk more about it, but look at the first stimulus bill. Right, like the people that got mail in checks. Are, have they all got their mail in checks yet? I, I don't know. I know some dead people got them. Yeah, some dead people. <laughs> but I mean, it took months and months and months to get a mail in check. Imagine right. what it's going to take to get all those mail in ballots back. Yeah, right. and um. Well, and then how do you even know you got them all? Right. I mean. There's no official count on who's who in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's no census or anything like that. Right. No. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I kind of ignored mine. I did too. And I even got, <laughs> it was almost like warnings in the mail. I did too. Yeah. You need to fill this out or we're going to send somebody. Well, I even got one that's, it was a COVID census and I didn't know if it was legit. So I just ignored yeah. that one. It so. probably had COVID in the end. That's yeah, so. probably it. Exactly. Anyway, digressing again because we can. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I don't know. Like, what do y'all think about uh, mail-in ba- ballots? Because, I mean, they're t- both sides of the fence. I I can see why it would obviously be beneficial for people that are super uber scared of COVID. Right. But uh, on the other hand, I can see but why you think. Put this in perspective, though. All right. Because the majority of the people that are super scared of COVID 
and locking themselves in and, and are afraid to do this thing are Democrats. Mm-hmm. Well, that's <laughs> why they ma- want mail-in ballots. Yeah, right? So, I mean, majority of people are going to go want to do in person. I know I want to do in person. Yeah. You know, I'm not scared of COVID. Well, I, I just don't trust anything. Like, yeah, I don't either. Like, we got... I had sold something online on through Facebook Marketplace yesterday, and Mandy was like, well, I'm going to go stick an envelope and stick it in the machine. You know how you can deposit your money into the right. machine. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. I don't trust that at all. I was like, yeah. no, you're going to go put it in their hands on Monday when the bank <laughs> opens, and then they are re- are liable for it. when it. Does, and you're going to get a receipt back, yeah. so that way when it disappears, they are liable for it. You're not going to go stick it in some machine, and hopefully it magically gets to them by Monday. Yeah. So, no, I don't. I don't trust really anybody to handle anything for me. I'd rather yeah. go do something in person. Exactly. I'm with you on that one. So, so. interesting stuff. Let's let's keep on going. Um, All right. Got some more more Trump stuff. So this is one is um, this is a big one actually. I think bigly so, one. What's that? Bigly, a bigly very bigly, yep. huge. So <laughs> they're going to be tired of our Trump impersonations. <laughs> of course, we get we're terrible about it. <laughs> So everybody made a big deal. American p- troops pulled out of Germany, right? Mm. Trump was capitulating to Putin. Putin? Putin? Putin. 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 <laughs> Vladimir Putin. <laughs> that was what the Democrat narrative was. So, right? so first of all, um, when and why did it? Are you, are you getting to the when and why did he pull out? Um, so he pulled out um, 12,000 troops from Germany. I was just like mid midweek. Yeah, midweek. Six thousand of them he was sending back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. The other six are going to be deployed elsewhere. Right. Um, so everybody was like, like, oh, you know, this is it. Trump has given it up to Putin. <laughs> he did it again. What, what the, the hell? hell is up with that? <laughs> what is going on? Right I don't now? know. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, um, here's the the here's the four one one. Okay. So. This is from uh, the Daily Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an article written by um, Brian. Brian? Yes, very fancy Brian. Um, <laughs> it says the pre- president based his decision on Germany's failure to contribute adequately to NATO's defense. The agreement was that they were supposed to provide 2% of their GDP threshold for national defense contributions. Mm-hmm. NATO requires consensus, the val- validity of the alliance requires, let's see, alliance hangs on whether states would be willing to approve military response in case Russian, uh, there's aggressive action by Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without it, the U.S. would lack the ability in, uh, to use NATO's uh, airfields like Germany, Italy, Turkey, and the U.K. Uh, it says, today Germany's military is in shambles. It has very few operational tanks, not very many aircraft, and then their navy is in serious decline. The real problem is Germany does not care. They are Russia's biggest natural gas customer, and they feel like because they give so much money to Russia, Russia's not going to bother them. Right. Um, it also says that um, um, if they were to veto any NATO action against Russian aggression, most likely it would be followed up by France and Italy, and uh, Turkey has been trying to pull out of NATO for a while now anyway. So NATO is basically collapsing. Mm-hmm. And the United States is the only thing that's been propping it up. And the United States has been is is pulling their troops from Germany because Germany's not holding up their end of the bargain. Right, and the fact that Germany doesn't care that their military is getting defunct. Well, well, we got NATO to to support us, and we got right. the U.S. troops here supporting us. What what do we need to spend money on right. our own? And troops? Russia's probably going to leave us alone anyways because they need our money. Yeah. So 
in my opinion, if that's the facts, based on those facts alone, screw Germany. Right. Like, exactly. take care of yourself. Like, show that, yeah. like, some of these other countries we help defend, like, we go in there and, and train them up and stuff, and then eventually, hopefully, they get to the point where um, they're stable enough that we can right. pull out. But, I mean, how long have we had been supporting Germany? Oh, we've been in there since World War Two. So... It, it's like, at, at some point, take care of yourself. Well, if you're not willing to put in the effort of yourself to build up your own military to back yourself up to the best of your abilities, why should right. we be there helping you at all? Secondly, as you said, and as Trump said, they're defunct on payments to, to NATO. Right. Like, they're supposed to be spending so much money putting into NATO for yeah people to to help and defend them and they're not even doing that so it's just like well how long can we we hold you up and hold your hand right. without you doing anything it goes on to say um objectively the u.s is a nuclear power with weakened conventional defense capability years of wasteful wars in iraq afghanistan and other hotspots have worn out conventional u.s hardware reduced our stockpile of munitions especially smart weapons and made many of our warfighters bitter about being in conflicts uh, from a defense planner's perspective, any engagement of U.S. forces in Europe might break our back of an armed forces and seriously weakened our already shorthanded response to China's growing power and assertiveness. Um, goes on and says, uh, uh, plan is to basically pull back military forces, give a year to rebuild. Um, this has kind of been put into the two, 2021 uh, defense budget, and um, they're kind of just trying to recoup at this point. So that's what the plan is. Okay. And the Democrats are saying, or the those who oppose Trump at least are saying that he's, he's just giving doing, in to Putin. Just giving in to Putin and yep. letting, um, basically letting him have his way because they're like buddy buddies and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, what's, what's your view on that? Um, yeah, I, I, I disagreed a hundred percent. I feel like, you know, we're in a, um, you know, we're in kind of like a, we're we're all our our fates of the countries are tied together at this mm -hmm. point, right? I mean, I was I was one of those that when the, when Russia went into Georgia and Ukraine and and basically took them over, mm -hmm. and nobody did jack shit, you know, except for talk. Hey, don't do that, right? You know, and you know, I was like, well, no one's got the balls to push back, right. right? And this just shows right there, if the United States were to push, nobody would have their back, no. you know. So it's like. Does the United States want to put them out themselves out there for someone who doesn't put themselves back? Right. You know, so. Right. And how much has um, Germany and kind of in the U.S. kind of butted heads in the past? Right. Kind of, at least since Trump's been in office. Well, yeah. I was going to say heads. Merkel's no fan of Trump. No, not you know? at all. And so I think if we did go to war with China, it would be hard to get the other countries of NATO to have our backs. And right. I know, I know in other cases when they haven't. We, they said they weren't going to have our backs. We, we'd been like, well, we're just going to have to do it on our own. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, well, we are basically holding up NATO, like you said. Right. And so for them to not have our backs in some of these situations, I don't I don't think we should be going to all these wars in the first place. No, I agree. I mean, I, we, I think it's way past time to pull people out of Afghanistan and Iraq. Right. And, and, and just get them home. And it's, it's the same with Germany. It's just like Afghanistan and Iraq, we're still there, like, mm -hmm. trying to make it a more stable country. Right. It's just like, I mean, this is perpetual. Yeah. It, it's not, and 
ongoing thing. And, uh, and the primary reason we went to Germany in the first place was to make sure they didn't come back up from World War II and try to strike back. Right. And also because Russia was really aggressive and was moving and, and yeah. you know, it's like. But if they don't, like I said, if they don't want to take care of themselves, then. Right. They're exactly. on their own, in my opinion. Yeah, the unfortunate part is you got countries around there like, you know, in Scandinavia, Baltic states and Poland that, you know, they're susceptible. They're mm-hmm. not in the same bed as Germany and Russia. Right. So it just but it, it gives really, you know, who who are America's allies right now if something were to happen, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So it's hard to say. It is. Yeah, because none of them seem really all that strong on our side. I mean, I'm sure we have like I'm sure like the UK would be on our side. And, yeah, and Canada does that count? Maybe Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There uh, was it Trudeau. Is that his name? Oh, tr- yeah, that's true. Trudeau. He doesn't like Trump either. No, you're right. And so because he pulled out of that, um, yeah, that uh, trade deal between the three that's countries. True. Yeah. So, um, but so you know, knows? I'm sorry. Good. I said, who knows? Yeah, it's just you know when you look at everything we talked about with China the other week. And then, you know, with this happening, it's just, it's really creating this hotbed right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah. There's just global, just like tension. Yeah. And, and I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we've seen this kind of tension since the cold war for sure. It's been a while. So, I mean, I know people butt heads after 9-11 of whether they should support us going to Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff, but there's so much tension and you can blame Trump or you can blame whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, it's a mess and it, it doesn't look like it's getting any cleaner anytime soon. So no, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to watch unfold. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully things get kind of cool down before it gets hot, but we'll, we will see. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on it. In other news back home, um, the carrot is still being dangled in front of us for the stimulus package. I know. I, know. I mean, they've been talking about it since the first one came out. Yeah. And there's been all these ideas of what it's going to look like. And there's been all these ideas of when it's going to happen. And yeah. even like people like Mitch McConnell, they're giving completely different stories. Like one day oh, yeah. he'll be like, well, we're only going to give it to people who make $45,000 right. or less. Yeah. And then the next day he's saying, well, no, it's going to look more like uh, the original one. Right. So where are we at now? Well, there's there's four different factors factions going on here. You got uh, you got a section of the Republicans that say, "Hey, no more stimulus. Let's just open up the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done enough, right?" Then you got um, you got the the mainline Republicans. They have their Heals Act, which is basically a duplicate of what they just did. Mm-hmm. You know, twelve hundred per American under seventy five thousand dollars, and then each dependent get you know. What is it? Six hundred dollars per dependent. Five hundred, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. And I know it was six hundred. It was six hundred per dependent, right? So the Democrats have their. It's called the Heroes Act. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the acronym for yeah, that is amazing. I, I want to know what that stands for. <laughs> that's, like we got acronym. What did we call him? Acronym Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. that sits there and makes up all the acronyms we talked about last week. So yeah, I know we'll have to look up these because they're good. I'm sure. Uh, so the Heroes Act would give twelve hundred dollars to to every working American. Right. And then it would give $1,200 to every dependent. Yep. And so, that was like $3 trillion. Right. Yeah. So the, the Republican plan was $1 trillion. The Democrat plan is $3 trillion. Right. Okay. So now, 
you have this other group, the CAAF, which is kind of a bipartisan group. They just want to give $1,000 to everybody who has a social security number. Period. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Everyone? Every every person who has a social security number even, gets $1,000. Even billionaires? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, the big holdup with the Democrats' plan is, yes, it's $3 trillion, but it also puts a big push into um, into um, pushing the decriminalization of cannabis. Really? Yes. What does that have to? Well, I guess. Well, it, Pelosi could, says that that cannabis is a a good treatment for COVID. Okay, and I think it would stimulate the economy. Oh, you big could time! Tax the shit out of it. Right. Look at Colorado. Mm-hmm. I mean, debt like state debt like dropped. Yeah. Tremendously, which but, just amazes me that this would be coming from Pelosi. Yeah, <laughs> an old decrepit woman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, interesting. I would like. I mean, I am all for legalizing it. Oh, I am Go too. For it. Whether you Absolutely. agree with smoking it or not, legalize it. Right. And see where it goes. Yeah. Because I mean, why? I mean, at this point, why are we keeping it illegal? Yeah, I, you know, I just think it's this this outdated ideal that, yeah. you know, and, and we can do a whole show on this. Oh, so. But that's where they stand with the stimulus. But basically, unemployment benefits ran out yesterday. Yeah. And uh, Trump wanted to do a temporary extension. The Democrats say, nope, we're doing it all or nothing. And um, and so they're they're just kind of fighting back. They had like a, what was it, like a four-hour meeting yesterday uh, to try to determine. They said they made some progress, but, you know. Well, from what I understand, um, they have till uh, – what was the date that they had until their um, month-long recess that they're going to take? August 7th. So, yeah, they got uh, from today five more days. So at yep. the end of this week, they Mitch McConnell said we will have a bill yeah. signed into law before we go to recess. And he has the power to push back their recess if they don't have one in place. Right. So they're not going – according to him, they're not going to just – Leave this open ended yeah. this time because they, that's what they tried doing right. over the Memorial Day recess. They're yeah. like, yeah, we'll just talk about it. We'll see where the economy goes. We'll talk about it once we get back from recess. He's not yeah. going to allow that this time. The bullshit part of it is being an election year, both sides are going to want to have their say. You know, oh, of course. They're and both going to be like, oh, well, we did this. We did this. And both sides are going to want to um, benefit their constituents the most. And that that's the problem with it all, is it? They're not here mainly to to help us, the, right. the small guys. They they want to get in their their parts into the bill. Like it's what was Pelosi's bill that she threw on the table after the Republicans announced theirs. It was right. like a thousand page bill, like yeah. overnight. It's just like, yeah, right. you've had this in the works for a while, and oh, you're, yeah. you're sliding yeah. in your like shady well, dealings. They, and, and we'll talk about the second hour. I think mm-hmm. Pelosi's husband got quite a bit of money. From that first stimulus, yeah, and, that, and his and his whole little corporation thing that he had going on. So that's uh, what a lo- a lot of this is. It's just like who is this really benefit, and where's this money actually right. going? You got three trillion or two trillion dollars from the first stimulus bill, and five hundred sixty billion of that went to direct payments. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, two trillion, yeah, you got to pay out all these people. No, only like a quarter of that went to direct payments. Right. And so the rest of this money is going somewhere. And um, what we're going to get into in the second half is kind of how the rich get richer during uh, crises like these, during like national and and like social crises. Like um, the the lower class people like us feel 
feel it the most. Right. And then the super uber rich, they they just reap the benefits of it. And yeah, they they might see a dip a little bit, but right. in the end, um, the rich get richer. And uh, I think on that note, I think we're ready for break. Okay. Uh, because that's a good segue into that next part. Um, but we want to get a break in before that happens. We'll let you go get a drink, do what you got to do, and come back from break. Be ready to dig into this with us, and um, we will just see you in a few minutes. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout-out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. back from our break i hope you all got what you needed um our back settled in you got what you needed i got what i needed all right good i got what i needed too which was some coffee because it is getting late (laughs) that was a 45 minute break for us i'm sorry you guys get the short end of the stick but that was a 45 minute break but Drinking coffee with uh, Jeff Goldblum's face on it because everybody needs a little bit of Jeff that, Goldblum. That's, in that's sunshine in the morning that right. everybody needs. Right. So, yeah, um, I will probably be wired for the rest of the night now. It is 11.45 <laughs> our time, so. Yeah. That's what I need coffee for. We, we should just go through the night. Let's make it an all-nighter. Might as well. We have plenty to talk about. Yeah. We'll just do bonus content for like 24 hours straight. Exactly. People listen to it. So uh, we kind of started talking about the whole um, stimulus bill and how it, it just seems like um, uh, like politicians have their their own people's best interests at heart um, when they come up with this this stuff. And um, you had said that uh, was it Pelosi's husband gained yeah. a bunch of money out of this. Yeah. So we want to get into this this segment here. Um, just kind of dig into something. A little bit more topical and historic. Um, just going to call this segment The Rich Get Richer because um, it just seems like if you look back through um, crises during history, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody collectively loses money during like a financial crisis or during a, a, a pandemic. But who benefits in the long run? It's usually right. the, the uber rich that come out on top of them. And um, there's plenty of reasons for that. It's not always the same thing. Um, whether it be politicians like looking to the best interests, like I said, of the constituents right. or uh, corporations that are benefiting or voting for them or, you know, like they got their hands in their pockets and stuff. Or if um, it's just the fact like corporations like and billionaires have the resources to shift things around more to right. – um, <laughs> to kind of come out on top of any yeah, situation. Yeah, I, I know they, they suggest uh, people having, what, like a three-month um, cushion in case right. of an emergency to survive off of. I can't do three months. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who, I mean, in reality, who can that that makes the, the amount of money we, we can? Right. I mean, I, I, I spend money on, like, this great podcasting shit and stuff like that, but... <laughs> 
ideally, I mean, I could have a cushion, but it's it's a lot easier for, say, uh, a billionaire to have that right. cushion than it is for somebody like that us because our money like only goes so far, and to have a three month cushion for a billionaire just right. is, is pennies in in a hat compared to yeah. What what of course we don't us. we don't know what insurance on a private plane costs. That's so. true. I mean, to live their extravagant lifestyle for right, three yeah. months might be hard, but to live like us for three months to survive yeah. for three months, I mean, they they just have to reach in their pocket and like put whatever like pocket change right. they have on the desk, and they got like five years worth of yeah right. of survival. Yeah, I was thinking. You ever seen? I know the answer to that. The replacements. It's a football no. movie. Okay, so they football players go on strike because they need more money. Right. They're interviewing one of the players and the guy breaks down. He's like, people just don't know how much the insurance is of a Lamborghini Diablo. Oh dear God. <laughs> and we laugh at that, but that's exactly how they are. Like yeah. they act like, well, um, I, I just can't live this extravagant lifestyle that I'm so accustomed yeah. to. And what, who was it? Was it De Niro? Was it De Niro? Oh that my gosh! Yes, freaking De Niro. That he was hurting after Corona. It's like, yeah. give me a fucking break, right. dude. You don't know how much money I lost. I, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know how much it's, money you make either. Yeah, exactly. Because the money you lost probably doesn't even compare to. Oh yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> whatever, dude. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, That's exactly. all I gotta say. Anyway, um, the New York Times uh, reported recently that um. Small businesses are really hurting during this. Go, go figure, right? Which I mean, we they, know that we've seen quite a few close down. Right, they they had to shut down. Yeah. for a period of time, and yes, they did get these loans and stuff, right. but that only goes so far. Right. Even even unforgivable. If you're not bringing in income, those loans aren't going to go very far. Right. Yeah. Yes, they'll pay the salary of your people, but it's not going to yeah. keep things moving. And they're basically just to make sure that they can you know, maybe reopen when right. things open up, but a lot of them don't even have that option. Right. So, uh, like I said, New York times reported that, um, between like 66,000 and 110,000 small businesses have decided that this is too much for them to handle. They're mm -hmm. shutting their doors for good. And that is sad numbers because it is. I don't know about you, but I like small business. I oh, like I, local. Yeah. I aim for local. Right. And we, we try to eat local as much as mm -hmm. possible. I mean, yeah, it is more money, but local is always better. Food. Uh, yeah. Um, right. So, like, you don't hear of a lot of big. I mean, you do hear some corporations that are ha are struggling. Yeah, like, like JC Penney, Pier One Imports, mm -hmm. um, J Crew. Um, you know, those businesses filed for bankruptcy. Right. You know, but, but they were probably struggling to begin with. Well, you see, like yeah. Sears closed, and right. all these department stores are closing anyway. So they're probably already hurting. Exactly. It wasn't yeah. like a anybody who hasn't shifted, you know, to go into bed with Amazon. Right is probably hurting. We're going to talk about Amazon in all of this because they seem to be benefiting from this a lot more than a lot of the local businesses are. So uh, we talked kind of about that first stimulus bill, that, that $2 trillion stimulus bill. And I had found an article that kind of breaks down of where some of that money went to. I, I didn't write down everything because mm -hmm. someone went to like school funding and stuff like that. But what I did write down was um, $560 billion of that, which I said earlier, went to individuals, like the, the $1,200 stimulus check. Right. So a quarter of the $2 trillion went to the $1,200. $377 billion went to small businesses to help them out and, okay. and boost them along. That's the PPP? 
I, I, I didn't write exactly what okay. I just said. $377 billion went to small businesses. Gotcha. And then $500 billion went to large corporations. Wow. Seems a little lopsided there. A little bit. Yes, I understand large corporations take more money to operate. And they take more money to keep going. But I also understand that they have a lot more expendable cash right. on hand to maybe keep things going or shift things around. Like one of the reasons why I had seen that large large corporations can survive something like this over um, like a small business is they have like their um, their development, their research and development teams, mm-hmm. like bigger bigger resources and development in order to kind of like shift to like shifting markets Mm -hmm. where a small business doesn't have those resources to shift with the markets. And a lot of them have already shifted towards like the online sales and and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, where the, the, the stores that decided the mega like corporation that decided not to go the route of online, like toys are rust went defunct because they didn't want to jump on, on board with that. So, Large corporations are already shifting to a point where they can survive more in a situation like this, such as online sales, right? where a lot of small businesses don't have that opportunity. So, And there's, I would say, a lot more small businesses in the world or oh, in the country yeah. than mega corporations. Absolutely, yeah. So for it to be $377 billion towards small businesses and $500 billion to prop up large corporations, that's, Absolutely. that's very yeah. lopsided to me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And also the d- diversity of the small businesses over the corporations. You know, mm-hmm. you look at the most big corporations, they're going to be your tech companies, you know, your hedge fund companies, you know, that online remote services. Whereas small businesses, you're going to get the mom and pop shops, right. you know, um, right. Name it. Yep. And like I said, $560 billion of that went towards our $1,200 stimulus checks. That are to stimulate the economy. That's what the stimulus check is. That's to get money circulating through the economy Mm -hmm. and get the economy back on track. Yeah. But where did that money go? Because it didn't stimulate the local economy. Right. Because they were were shut down. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So where was everyone spending that? Unless you're like me and going out and buying an AR-15 with your set. Uh, Did you buy it from a local company? I did. I bought it from a local shop here in town. I was actually looking at... Um, like shields or something like that, but right. they were sold out. Okay, and I found one gun shop here in town that was open, and they had a couple ARs on hand. And so I was like, I and I was glad to support a local over shields, right? Because for the same reason, yeah, keep them in business. So primarily, though, who do you think most people spend that money on? Mm. Probably the the big remote companies. Amazon. Right. Amazon.com. I guarantee well, and I, I was going to say, I, I think most households, they have somebody in their family that has an Amazon problem. Right. So. Oh, yeah. I have one. <laughs> yes, do I know. You, do you have I don't know. Uh, it's typically me. I was going to say, <laughs> mine is my wife, but yeah. um, I see you more being the Amazon guy than uh, your wife because she's a little more on the... She's frugal. Yep. Yeah. So, um, like I said, online sales primarily is where all that stimulus money went. Yeah. Amazon's um, profits went up 24% in the first quarter this year. I 24%. Yet Amazon still complained that, oh, this came as a shock to us, all this increase in sales. Like, we had to hire more staff. We had to right. maybe big build bigger warehouses. It's like, boo freaking who? Right, yeah. It's yeah. like... How how much money has 
Amazon increased over this period of time. Right. How much how much wealth has Jeff Bezos accumulated, which yeah. we're going to get kind of into that a little bit too in this amount of time. And yet they're still paying their workers shit from what I've heard. Their mm-hmm. their conditions have been really poor quality. I believe it. I saw a comparison between um what's the Chinese one? Is it Alibaba? Or is that Chinese? Or I can't remember. I don't it's know. some it's it's kind of like the um it's the overseas version of Amazon. Amazon. I don't oh, know if okay. it's Chinese or not, but they've had like zero uh COVID cases and like no layoffs and, hmm. and, and stuff like that. And compared to like Amazon, right, that's had like all kinds of problems from from what I've well, read. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things was that they, you know, one of the Amazon guys, they said tested positive early on. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, be careful of your Amazon packages because right. they had to go through there, you know. So Yeah, and you know, um, from what I've heard, the the working conditions there aren't that great for as much money as Amazon makes. Mm-hmm. They should be they should oh, be yeah. paying their workers. You, you would th- we have a local company here that is like in one of the top ten places in the country to work. Mm-hmm. They're a customer of ours, right? And they have their own daycare. They got their own gym for you know. They got their own cafeteria where they get all organic foods. Right. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. And um, but Amazon, who's you know probably in the top three companies in the country, is shit for the work. Yeah. You know, so and they're like, from what I've heard, they like um, kind of push people to not take all their vacation days and, mm, uh, and don't quote familiar. me on all of this, but, but from what I've read that they're, they're just not that great. And just for as much wealth being like the richest right. man in the world, you think he would look down and be like, look, we gotta, we gotta right. do better guys. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously he's not calling all the shots. Right. But still, but you think he'd want to look out for him. Right. Yeah. So online sales, in June alone, this is after a lot of stuff has reopened. Online sales um, increased 76% in June. Wow. Like after the stores have reopened. That's crazy. So again, stimulus package, stimulate economy. No, this this wealth is going back yeah. to the richest, Yeah. to the big corporations. Right. Well, and, and how do you stop that when all the local shops are closed? Exactly. Right? Like and by, by government mandate. Yeah, government you know? mandates, local shops closed, yet... Big retailer can stay open or like Walmart can stay open because it's right. essential. Right. So all these shops that like collectively yeah. have all the stuff Walmart has. Yeah. They can't stay open. But Walmart being the conglomerate it is right. that has everything can stay open. So- and, and Walmart's known as a mom and pop store killer as it is. If right. Walmart moves into a small town, all, it it's all, all over, you yep. know. So to have this kind of, you know, foot up. Step up on a local company is ridiculous. And how do you how great do you think Walmart's working conditions are? <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, that just I mean that just blows my mind. Like I I don't know what everyone's opinions are of the stimulus bill. Like I said, I'll take if if they're handing it out. Obviously, I'm going to take my tax paid mm-hmm. money I paid into taxes back. But it's not doing what they yeah. wanted it to. It's not boosting the local economy at the local level at all. Yeah. There's no way. And well, in an article I saw that the way they described it is it's, it's an advance on your future tax break. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yep. But I, um, like the money I got originally, I was just going to put it in the bank and save it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to touch it because I didn't know where this thing was going to go. That it, doesn't, that doesn't, that's what they tell you not to do. Well, I know that, but that I'm sure I'm not the only person who thought no. that way. It wasn't until my truck broke down that I had to get it into the garage to get fixed that that money came out and decided you, to play a factor in did it. Did you go to a local shop? 
I did actually. You didn't I did. go to like Walmart's <laughs> freaking <laughs> auto center. No, I wanted it to run afterwards. <laughs> That's true. So um, I got this Newsweek article pulled up, and this will kind of give you a hint of like the increase of how the rich get richer during a crisis like the like coronavirus, as we've been saying. So this one's from Newsweek. It's called Billionaires Get $583 Billion Richer Since Coronavirus Began. And this was released in June on June 18th. So this is what, three months? In three months, $583 billion richer billionaires have gotten. So it says, as millions of Americans continue to file for unemployment benefits during the coronavirus pandemic, American billionaires saw their wealth increase by $583 billion. A new report from Americans for Tax Fairness, or ATF, ATF is something completely different. So Americans for Tax Fairness, an Institute for Policy Studies program on inequality, says billionaires' wealth has grown 20% between March 18th and June 17th. So in two months. No, three months. Okay. The two groups' analysis of Forbes data shows the total net worth of U.S. billionaires increased Holy shit, I can't read. Increased from $2.9 trillion to $3.5 trillion in the three-month time frame. Since the national shutdown, which began in mid-March, the U.S. has added 29 billionaires. Wow, so more people have become yeah, billionaires than all of this. joined that top... Top 0.001% right, or something. Yeah. Now totaling 643 billionaires across the country. That's insane. Of the growing list, 12 billionaires more than doubled their wealth over the past three months. One of them, Trevor Milton, the founder of truck manufacturer Nikola Motor, increased his wealth fivefold. Wow. wow. Because of uh, they were probably producing trucks for like deli- right. Amazon deliveries yep. and stuff like that. Absolutely. Wow. So, well, and I'm willing to bet that's all. All those increases are probably in the United States. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, this is specifically talking about the United States right now, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Three months, about 600 billionaires increased their wealth by far more than the nation's governors say their states need in fiscal assistance to keep delivering service to 330 million residents. Wow. So their wealth has increased more than states are asking for financial aid from the right. federal, federal financial aid. So those tax funds will end up in... Government hands in. Probably. That's crazy. Their wealth increased twice as much as the federal government paid out in one-time checks to more than 150 million Americans. That's not... I mean, from what we've seen, um, $560 billion was slated to go to the stimulus checks. Mm -hmm. And this has $583 billion has increased in wealth. At the time of this article, though, I think only like $250 billion had gotten to the people yet. So that's why it's saying twice as much as the government's saying. paid out. So yeah. in the end, it's about the same, which is interesting to me that you get a number of $560 billion to individuals and the wealth of $583 billion, like, hmm, there's a, is it a coincidence that's almost the exact same number of increase? Like right. in the stimulus bill, we did we just pay <laughs> those billionaires that, right. that, that increase? Yeah, because, that's almost what it looks like. I mean, that's almost the exact same increase. So it says, um, let me get back in there. Nation's top five billionaires, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, Buffett and Larry Ellison, saw their wealth grow by a total of $101 billion or 17.4% of the total 
wealth growth of all 643 billionaires. So those five, the top five, saw 17% of that wealth growth mm. of all 643 billion, billionaires. Crazy. So they got the majority of that. The combined fortunes of Bezos and Zuckerberg account for 13% of that $583 billion. So two wow. people got 13% of that money. That's crazy. Well, if you think about it, Bezos, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Zuckerberg, Facebook. Zuckerberg, Facebook. Where were people spending most of their time in the last? Exactly, Amazon and Facebook. Yeah, Amazon, they were buying all their shit. Facebook's mm -hmm. where they were getting all their information, like right. medical information on yeah. how to fight the coronavirus. And right. Well, so, I'm just trying to stay connected to people. Yeah. So, I mean, my wife, who never gets on Facebook, was on Facebook. Got on Facebook. You know, and she was using it to, you know, do Bible studies and, and mm -hmm. you know, youth videos for church and stuff. I mean, I know a lot of people... Well, a lot of churches switch to like Facebook Live, you mm. know, to do their church services. Right. So, you know, it's, you know, and we all know how big Zoom took off. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, so. I'd, I'd like to see those numbers on what the profit increase was for Zoom. Yeah, seriously. I think Zoom came, I saw, because I've been looking for different soundboards and stuff for our setup here. I think Zoom's come out with their own soundboard now. I believe like that. Like their own brand of like, like, um, streaming like mm -hmm. hardware, not just the software. They're coming out with their own hardware. So it's the big tech companies that are really taking off right yeah. now. Yeah, definitely. And they're at the top of these lists. And so um, another thing that I've seen in a, like how these people see these increases is um, when these small mom and pop shops or these smaller businesses close down, what happens to the market control? What right. happens to these big corporations' exactly. market control? It, it skyrockets right. because now you have less co competition. Exactly. Yeah, they have to go somewhere else. And here's a interesting. So um, the forecast for the shutdown was um, 7.5 million businesses in danger of closing. Wow. And one in five restaurants in danger of closing permanently. Yeah, you think that's like McDonald's corporations and stuff like that? Right, no, it's no. the little small town hole in the wall pizza joint. It's the that, good barbecue place down the street. Right. Oh, we were devastated. I know. We thought that place might. <laughs> oh close my down. gosh, we were going to riot. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's that's one of our favorite places to eat. So, um, yeah. So, like like I said, the market share when a barbecue joint closes down, some corporation like um, oh, what's the the corporate uh, barbecue place? No, Billy Sims. Well, there's that. I, I don't want to plug them. <laughs> no, no, the one that makes a different like barbecue sauce. Oh, bandanas. Well, not them sure. either. No, it's not them. I'm Famous not plugging Dave's. them either. Famous oh, Famous Dave. Okay. Yeah. So when our our hole in the wall barbecue joint shuts yeah. down, market share goes up for Famous Dave's. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, yes, they have good barbecue sauce, but they are not the hole in the wall barbecue joint. Yeah. And because I plugged those two big places, I just want to say Q dogs, <laughs> Q dogs and Cedar Rapids is the hole yes. in the wall. And, 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 uh, what's the place? I, the really little small hut, um, is it Billy Ray's or Billy down Q? Down in Iowa city? No, no, no. The place just down the street. Um, that's in that little white shack. Billy Q's. Billy Q's. I've never eaten there. Barbecue. It's really good chicken. You should try it. Anyway, so I wanted to plug those places <laughs> after plugging the two big places. Eat local. The Eat. way that we, especially if you get a, a second stimulus check, if local businesses are open, spend it locally. Absolutely. Because that's how they, that's how they stay alive. I mean, yeah. like I said, I wanted to buy my AR-15 from a local shop, so yeah. I was glad I found one in stock at a local shop. Yeah. Because... Who knows? I mean, am I the difference that keeps them open? I no. don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it, do I yeah. make 
enough difference for a little shop like that, yeah, I, I potentially yeah. could be a fraction of what keeps that shop open. And hopefully the other people follow your lead or you think the same way as you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. So um, I just wanted to look at some examples of how um, the rich get richer off of crises and stuff. And I found this article from the BBC entitled how the black death made the rich richer. And so this was kind of, and this was written recently. So it actually compares, gives the comparison for us between um, COVID-19 economics and then the economics back then. So I'm going to pull this up. I'm not going to read all these articles because we will run out of time. I've got quite a few bit of stuff pulled up, but I'll just blaze through it. But I did want to talk about this one. So this says when a 30 Europe's population was lost, wealth concentrated into tiny groups, like we said, market shares mm-hmm. or market market control. Um, it gets more concentrated. Less companies have more control over the market. So it says, could COVID-19 trigger something similar? In June of 1348, people in England began reporting mysterious symptoms. They started off as mild mild and vague headaches, aches, and nausea. Kind of sounds like the symptoms for uh, coronavirus, doesn't it? A little bit, yes. Followed by painful black lumps or buboes growing in the armpits and groin. That sounds miserable. I do not want a buboes. Not in my groin, for sure. Or my armpit. Which gave the disease its name, the bubonic plague. The last stage was high fever and then death. We're not going to really get into the history of the bubonic plague. I'll, I'll pass over that. Um, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> says, uh, the traumatic experience of the Black Death killed perhaps 80% of those who caught it. Drove many people to write an attempt to make sense of what they had lived through. Okay, so it gives some firsthand accounts of it. So it says, although the death rate from COVID-19 is far lower than that of the Black Death, the economic fallout has been severe due to the globalized, highly integrated nature of modern economies. Add this to our highly mobile populations today, and coronavirus, unlike the plague, has spread across the globe in matters of months, not years. So it took years for the plague to move across from Asia over to Europe and then beyond and it killed what like a third of europeans is what they yeah, predicted but, yeah third to a half yeah and that was brought from uh soldiers coming back from fighting right. fighting wars yeah and so they brought back the fleas that brought back the plague and mm-hmm. um like like i said that took years though well yeah and they they got on the rats and mm-hmm. and you know but but all the rats were, due to were dead. <laughs> poor, poor rats <laughs> um due to uh like how mobilized and global we are now. Right. Oh, yeah. It's it spread like, from October yeah. to here in March, supposedly, if right. not earlier. We, yeah. We, we suspect to, between ourselves that yeah. it was even earlier than that. Um, so it goes on to say, while the Black Death resulted in short-term economic damage, the longer-term consequences were less obvious. Before the plague erected, erupted, several centuries of population growth had produced a labor surplus which was abruptly replaced with a labor shortage when many serfs and free peasants died. So, obviously, people die, there's a labor labor shortage. When a third of your population dies, a lot of those are the workers. So, you now have a shortage. Your workforce is wiped out. 
says, historians have argued that this labor shortage allowed these peasants that survived the pandemic to demand better pay to seek employment elsewhere. That I've read that in a couple different spots that um, because there was so few, like this is actually what led to um, uh, wage-based right. payment and stuff because they had more, more control being the laborers because there's such mm-hmm. a labor shortage. If they left one of their... Um, bosses or like masters or whatever the next one was quick to pick them up just right. like that because there were, there was so short that they could almost demand what they wanted so there was higher payment and it did help in some ways but it also um obviously had more effects and worse effects on the poor than it did on the rich the rich it says despite government resistance serfdom and the feudal system itself were ultimately eroded so this in term, like eroded the, the feudal system. Right, the entire completely. economic system of the right. Middle Ages. <clears throat> Another less often remarked consequence of the Black Death was the rise of the wealthy entrepreneurs and business government links, like we're saying today. Mm-hmm. Although the Black Death caused short-term losses for Europe's largest companies, again, like we said today, like you do see that dip, obviously, with crises today, the long term, they concentrated their assets and gained a greater share of the market and influence with governments. This is strong parallels with the current situation in many countries across the world. While small companies rely on government support to prevent them from collapsing, many others, mainly the much larger ones involved in home delivery, are profiting handsomely, like we said, Amazon, mm-hmm. from the new trading conditions. The mid-14th century economy is too removed um, from the size, speed, and interconnectedness to give exact comparison. So it's not saying we can't exactly compare it because it's so far off. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of data to support it. But it does go on to say the sudden loss of at least a third of Europe's population led to redistribution of wealth for el- everyone else. In the longer term, however, people responded to the devastation by keeping money within the family. So I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to read it all. But basically, what that's saying is like <clears throat> there was a tradition where the, the super rich people would give a third of their wealth to charity when they die. Mm-hmm. They decided to stop doing that after this. They started hoarding their money or, or keeping it tight to the family, right. keeping it keeping in the family. Mm-hmm. So um, that further uh, separated the, mm-hmm. wealth, the wealthy from the poor. There was, there was a further division there. Um, it also talks about, and I'll let you read this article. I'll put it in the... Uh, the show notes talks about companies who were able to bounce back quicker from mm-hmm. more money allows you to bounce back quicker, allows you to change courses and, and things like that. Right. Like it talked about um, <clears throat> how a lot of the aristocrats were wealthy, <clears throat> but a lot of it was wrapped up in, in land. They didn't right. have that. Uh, uh, what's it called? The, the liquid Right. Liquid capital, right? Yeah, like cash on hand type mm-hmm. type scenario. So a lot of the more urban wealthy people were able to like replace the workers with machinery or right. invest in new tech. Yes, or they they started producing, and they so they would sell goods and produce goods at the same time. So right. um, when a lot of the silk, this article says, a lot of the silk was coming from Asia, and when that that supply line got cut short. Um, that's when you saw a lot of Italian companies beginning to open their own silk warehouse because they had the liquid capital to mm-hmm. to change courses. Like, and that's what I said about bigger companies today. Yeah. They have 
the resources, yes, they're going to take that dip, but they still have enough resources to change courses with mm-hmm. with the market as needed. Yeah. So they're able to bounce back a lot quicker. I'm curious, um, you know, in the United States, things opened up rather quickly, mm-hmm. right? Some people say too quickly. Yeah. Other countries, you know, are still shut down. Yeah. Right. Or right. have reshut down. You know, uh, Australia has just reshut down because right. of the second wave. You know, India has has been shut down. And so seeing this redistribution of wealth that happens in a crisis like this, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious with this being a globalized society, how those economies will be affected. You know, will right. it completely redistribute the wealth in those countries and how will that affect the United States? Well, usually the United States is the ones to benefit off of. Right. Like third world. Like look at a third world country like Haiti or something like that. Um, and I, I don't quote me on any of this, but this is kind of how it works is a, a country gets decimated by, say, a hurricane or something like Haiti did. Right. We go in there and offer our assistance. Yet we'll put a, a thing saying, but like we'll give you all this assistance and we'll help you rebuild. But. We want American workers right. rebuilding. What does that do to Haiti? Does that help Haiti's economy bounce back? No, right. it, it gives us complete control over the economy, and their economy is still shit. Yeah. And they are more fully dependent on us now, today, than they were right. after the hurricane even hit. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the American corporate way, is we'll right. go into these like third world countries or these struggling countries, and we'll have our way with it, and then we take more economic control over them. Right. We don't like help them bounce back their economy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we were saying with um, like Iraq and Afghanistan or right. like Germany. It's like we send in our troops to help them, but they're not building up their own army. Right. We're doing it for them. Mm-hmm. So if we pulled out, they would just collapse completely. Mm-hmm. Same with e- economics. We'll go in right. and, and boost them up, but we'll do it in our own way that right. we're benefiting from it. Yeah. I think I've heard that um, I think Puerto Rico is still a mess after the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because of the same thing. Right. So. Well, I, I think it was Haiti. We went in there and just bombarded them with, like, free American rice and things mm-hmm. like that. And why why would they buy local when they're getting all this free rice from? Right. I mean, makes sense. Even if we're doing it for good reasons, we're still just completely destroying their economy, their right. local economy. Yeah. And the same – in fact, we talked about how there's, you know, the, this pandemic or crisis creates this partnership between, you know, small business and government, mm-hmm. which let's be honest, it's not really a partnership. No. It's more of Dependency. them owning it. Right? Dependency. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So Same they, thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, I think I mentioned last week, it's like the, the business loans. I mean, yeah, there's, they say they're forgivable or whatever, but right. it puts that dependency on the small business. Right towards the government, especially if they're not reopening or they're not reopening a hundred percent, they're going to need more. Right. That, that business loan is only going to go so far. Kind of like our $1,200 stimulus check right. only went what a month right. most at yeah. most, especially for people that are out of work and laid off. It's like how, how far right. is $1,200 yeah. or, or is behind on their rent three months right. because they haven't been able to work. So that just for a small business to get this carrot dangled in front of them, like here's your loan, stay closed. Here's your loan. Right. But now they're more dependent, and if, I mean, I mean, yeah. what does the government do to really boost them back up? Right. I mean, obviously, like like we're saying, this 
stimulus checking boosting the lo- local businesses. Right. Yeah. So um, this article here that I just read just kind of is slightly parallel to what we're talking here, just how um, – and they talk about how the small businesses were overtaken by – the larger ones because it said like the market share was right. or the market control was increased for mm-hmm. the, the richer and then um it just kind of really divided that and um i had read the article from market watch talked about the uh the three uh members of the walton family mm-hmm. own walmart uh, they each uh had made three trillion dollars a piece during this whole ridiculous. thing and um reading i think it was the same bbc article walmart actually has a larger economy than Spain. Holy shit. Yeah. To- Toyota has a larger economy than India. Wow. So and that to put things in perspective. Right. So right. and like we were saying here, the increase by these billionaires was more money than states are asking in financial assistance during mm-hmm. all this shit. I'm sorry, did I say trillion for uh, the Waltons or did I say billion? I meant billion. I think you said trillion, but still. Yeah. Still. Just want to clarify. Big numbers. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a lot more zeros, but to us, like. Right. Yeah. When you get that big for us, it's it's (laughs) all the same. Uncomprehendable numbers. Right. So I I wanted to look a little more at uh, another example. I guess it's not a pandemic like the plague or, or COVID, but was the 2008 recession. And how so many Americans were affected by the 2008 recession. Right. Everyone, even, <clears throat> even again, the rich obviously took a hit too. Right. But who benefited the most in the end, in the long run? Right. It's the same, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, businesses go closed. The big businesses buy up all those like um, devalued assets or mm-hmm. all these small, small businesses that go closed. Yeah. They have more market shares, or they buy up. Like they buy like some of these devalued stocks. Eventually, those stocks are going to go back up, mm-hmm. but people are selling them off because everything is shutting down. So right. you buy a devalued stock at a minimum price; it's going to bounce back eventually, hopefully. Right. And the rich get richer. Yeah. And we now we got um, the Fed. We know is buying stocks now. Yeah. So, so I mean, what's that's, going on there? <laughs> that's exactly. And and during a time of crisis, when stock prices are down. We know that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. I've got this article here, um, titled "The Rich Get Rich," or "The Rich Are Still Getting Richer," um, and it's talking about inequality and um, kind of that that uh, gap, mm-hmm. the wealth gap between okay. the the lower class and the upper class, and it, it digs into some of these. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, digs into some of these different. Uh, situations and they i the main part i wanted to get into was uh the recession because they talk about that a little but the first thing i wanted to mention was um we talked about george orwell a few Mm -hmm. week couple weeks ago earlier on in this show's history and um, we talked mostly about um 1984 but we did mention the book animal farm i'm Uh, pretty sure just a little bit we yeah we just kind of talked about um the pigs and how they took over and Mm -hmm. stuff like that well, one of the quotes in this article is from George Orwell's Animal Farm, and it says, um, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. And so mm-hmm. everybody is important, but the rich are more important. Or, you know, the rich yeah. are more equal than us. So um, the rest of this article, though, 
<clears throat> and I won't read it because we're kind of running short on time. But it, it, it talks about Orwell's, um, that book and how, yeah, the pigs and all the farm animals wanted this like perfect society, this perfect communist society. And the pigs kind of took charge of it and they got the most benefit out of it. But then it, he talks about um, also like uh, Mark Twain's uh, The Gilded Age, A Tale of Today, which was talks about political corruption of the post-Civil War and talks about how the rich kind of benefited post-Civil War as well. So I'm going to post this article because I can't read all of it. But what I did want to talk about was, and it talks about um, J.P. Morgan post-Civil War and how he had financed a lot of the, he had like kind of financed a lot of the federal government back mm -hmm. in the early 1900s, late 1800s. And then he got a giant whopping, um, uh, $25 million bailout during, uh, in 1907. So, um, you know, rich people in your pockets, politicians in your pockets type right. scenario. And ideally they, from what this says, he went on or the, the big banks and stuff and people like him went on to cause the crash in 1929. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's getting these giant bailouts right. yet due to like fraud and, and suspected things like that led to the crash of 1929. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, uh, one of the, the stats I had seen is that um, this is from the uh, 2008 recession, that earnings of the bottom 50% fell 1.5%, mm -hmm. and the top 10 uh, earnings rose 21%. Yep. And by 2012, the top 0.1% Americans controlled one-fifth of the U.S. wealth. Controlled how much? One-fifth. Wow. So 20%. That's insane. All right, so it says the Federal Reserve, the country's central bank that dis here, let me pull this up. Federal Reserve, the country's central bank that dictates the cost of money and the, that sustained Wall Street in the wake of the financial crisis in 07 through 08 and since has finally pointed out that such extreme levels of inequality are bad news for the rest of the country. As Fed Chairman Jer Jerome or Jeremy Powell, I'm not sure which said at a town hall um, in early February, whatever year this is, we want prosperity to be widely shared. We need policies that make this happen. Sadly, the Fed has largely contributed to the increasing the systemic inequality now ingrained in the financial and, by extension, political systems. In a recent research paper, the Fed did at least underscore the consequence of inequality to the economy, Showing that income inequality can generate low aggregate demand, deflation pressure, excessive credit growth, and financial inabilities. Um, let's see. So, um, neither one of us is like giant Bernie Sanders uh, fans, I don't think, because of his socialist tendencies. And this seems to be more on that side of things, but... There's still important stuff to get out of this, but right. this goes on to say, Bernie Sanders noted, uh, the Federal Reserve provided more than $16 trillion in total financial assistance to some of the largest financial institutions and corporations in the U.S. and throughout the world. A clear case of socialism for the rich and, ru and rugged, you're on your own individualism for everyone else. Makes sense. That's probably the most sense I've heard Bernie Sanders say. Right. It's like, these bailouts for the rich are... 
socialism mm-hmm. for the rich. Like right. the, the same people that cry, uh, socialism is bad. Um, giving all this money to the financialist institutions is socializing that, yet leaving us all out to dry. And right. I, I, do you remember the 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 term uh, trickle down economics? I was just gonna talk to you about that. Yeah, you you boost the the top, and yeah. this what that was that a, a a Bushism there? That was a Reagan. Well, Bush pushed it. Yeah, but it yeah Reagan is the one that the voodoo economics yeah. the trickle down, and from there every Republican since then has pushed that. Yeah, W. Bush really pushed it yeah. during uh, the early days of the the, yeah. the financial crisis in in oh seven and oh eight and. It's just like, yeah, you, you give the rich the money and then it'll trickle its way down to the poor. Right. What the fuck does I, that even mean? I, I think it may have before we became a globalized society. Right. You know, and but now it just shifts over to a warehouse in China. Yeah. You know, so. Right. Yep. And um, let's see. This goes on to say the economy has been treading water ever since. So. I think this was in 2010 this came out, so just a couple of years later. Uh, the economy has been treading water ever since, especially compared to the stock market. So the stock market shot up, but right. the economy didn't necessarily. And this says annual gross domestic product growth has not surpassed 3% in any year since the financial crisis, even as the level of the stock market tripled. So the stock market tripled. But this was in 2010, this report? This was just a couple of years after. Okay, um, gotcha. So... Um, Stock market tripled, but the GDP only went up 3% per year. It says, grotesquely increasing the country's inability or inequality gap. Now, this should have been surprising since much of the excess money went straight to the big banks, rich investors, and speculators. They then used it to invest in the stock and bond markets, but not in things that would matter to all the Americans outside the Great Wall of Wealth. So, uh, I'll leave that one at that because we are getting short. On time, but again, this is talking about um, how they would. A lot of the uber rich would divest their money in more and less risky, um, right? Like stocks and stuff like right. that. So they didn't have as much chance of losing their money, right? And so they would spread it out thinner, mm-hmm. and so they would still see that increase. But it maybe not the increase they were seeing, but they would still see an increase, especially right. after. After things started bouncing back mm-hmm. and the stock market started bouncing back, it's because right. the rich were able to invest some of that money. Yeah, and, and I'm not one that believes that the rich should pay more taxes, no. um, but I do think that they should pay some taxes. And I feel like there's so many protections and, and you know, tax shelters and loopholes right. that enable them to not pay that. So it prevents that trickle-down effect because they're taking that money – and stashing it, right. and it's not getting back out to the economy. And, and um, you know, and for years they've talked about eliminating the loopholes. Right. And, and it just doesn't happen. I I am a firm supporter of, like, the flat rate tax. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't think it's necessary that people who make over a million dollars should pay, like, 50% in taxes. Right. It's like nobody's going to – nobody's going to want to – Right. get to that, that right. tier anymore. And I'm also a firm believer in capitalism mm-hmm. and the work you put into it is the amount of money you make. So I'm, I, I don't know where I stand on the situation here because I don't, I'm not a redistribution of wealth person. Right. But when you get numbers like this, where, like I said, the government's dangling a $1,200 carrot in front mm-hmm. of us and we are just like glomming on it right. and 
do whatever the government wants for our $1,200 check. While yeah. in the meantime, you get this another article that states people making over a million dollars got mega tax stimulus, right? which averaged out to $1.6 million per millionaire. Yes, obviously, people making just a million dollars didn't get that $1.6 right. million. Yeah. But on average was a $1.6 million tax stimulus. So mm-hmm. it's basically like it was a tax break that the, on average they got a break of $1.6 million. Yeah. So they basically got handed to them. While we are getting our $1,200 check, they are getting a check for $1.6 million. Right, yeah. People making already over a million dollars. Yeah. So. And, and But it's also important, like, this isn't something that, that Trump has done or no. pushed in because they did really well under Obama as well during right. the whole recession. No, it's, and, it's always, like like right. I said, it's always the rich get richer. The, yeah. rich, the richest, the top point zero zero one. Always benefit the yeah. most out of a crisis. Right. And yeah, the system is just, it's created to benefit them. Mm-hmm. And it's an unfair system. That's why we get our taxes and we see it fly away. Right. And they get their money, they put it in a tax shelter or whatever, and it, right. it doesn't go anywhere. Right. You know, so. So, and I th- think Trump had said like he paid like 0.0002% in taxes due to. Right all these established loopholes. It's not something Trump set up. Yeah. They've been there for years. Right. But like, like, like we said, like, I mean, what's the solution here? Is it a flat rate tax? But that still doesn't stop the, the billionaire companies from coming in and squashing like uh, the mom and pop shops. when All this goes to shit. Absolutely. Because they have the resources to squash them. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, and again, you know, how do you define, you know, Jim and Jan's, you know, grocery shop here needs to shut down because it's not considered essential that Walmart right. can stay open. Right. You know. Because um, <laughs> they got the right congressman on their side. Saying, right. Yeah, you exactly. Know, they've got enough money in the pockets yeah. there. Yeah. Saying, like pulling the strings of politicians yeah. when mom and pop shops don't have the, the, the strings yeah. to pull. When the governor comes out and says, look, if you're not essential business, you need to close down. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it it's swayed or it, it's weighed on the wrong side. Is McDonald's an essential, right. essential yeah. business? McDonald's drive through gets to stay open, but, but Q Dogs has to shut up down. The street, yeah, the barbecue joint has to shut down because McDonald's, some reason, is more essential than Q Dogs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's insane to me. And I, I don't have an answer for it. I, 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 Obviously, I've made it very clear I am anti-socialist, so I don't see, mm-hmm. um, hey, let's take all the money from the billionaires and give it to right. and distribute it evenly. Yeah. What is the solution? I, yeah. I don't know. Right. And I think that's it's something they system. It is. And the politicians, they talk a good game, but at the end of it, you know, they're getting money from the special interest groups to keep things status quo. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. What do y'all think? Um Definitely chime in on this um, because, like I said, I don't have an answer for this. But yeah. it is a messed up system, and it seems to be exacerbated with with yeah. a crisis like like the financial crisis or a crisis like coronavirus or right. or whatever else is happening. Um, it, and, it's just all messed up. And whereas you know a crisis or a pandemic, you know it, it ends up being a redistribution of wealth. Unfortunately, it's redistributing in the wrong way. Yeah, the wrong direction. <laughs> it, like like we had said, like uh, Bernie Sanders, which 
I hate taking Bernie Sanders' yeah. side on anything. Yeah, that's how I feel when I say Kim K. It's socialism it to again. the rich. <laughs> it's socialism to to right. the most wealthy. Yeah. But the rest of us were we're on our own. Right. You know? Yeah. Like fend for yourself. Here's your check. Yeah. Here's uh, your twelve hundred dollars. Pay. You know. <laughs> go ahead and pay that to the top billionaire. Right. Get just hand, hand deliver your twelve hundred dollar check. Where you're looking at the same situation now, though, with them talking about the schools reopening. Right. You know, you got the wealthy who can afford to not be home or, you know, have somebody watch their kids or send their kids to a private school even. or stay home and work from home. Right. And not then ever. you have other people who work two jobs, you know, parents work jobs. They can't mm-hmm. afford to stay home with their kids or, right. you know, or even or have get the resources right. to, for like the internet and, and like having a laptop yeah. and, and all the capabilities to have online school. Yeah. So this whole thing, you see this, this firm line in the sand between the haves and the have nots. And right. I hate to say that because I'm not that type of person, Right. but that just seems to be where we're at. It is. It just puts that further divide in there, that further wedge mm-hmm. between them. And do the billionaires care? Who knows? Who knows? They, they don't seem to be doing right. enough, that much if they do care, but um, we are out of time for that. I do want to get a little bit of time for our, fun-filled favorite set segment um if like i said if you do have any thoughts on this reach out to us but we do want to get into the party line patriots before you have to go today it's good stuff yes because we'd like to poke fun at the dumbasses in the world that stick to their party lines regardless of what you say or regardless of um any arguments you have against them um it's it's just the world we live in that that <laughs> people are becoming more and more keyboard warriors and um yeah. and, and I, I was there again this week so uh, yeah. I, I, I had to go into Target and I had to put on a mask they were nice about it but still I hated having to do something I didn't want to do mm-hmm. and so I, I felt like I had to to get some payback on on social media, social media. you are was it late at night it had to be late it, it was late at night yes because that's yeah. when you become uh, your worst just the worst version that switch. of you <laughs> <laughs> so um the thing with target though is they're so inconsistent because for the last couple months they've had you wait between each each customer and they've wiped down each register oh, okay. and, and they wiped down all the carts and sanitize and stuff which is nice come this month, just yesterday, they decided to implement the mask laws right. for Target, which is funny because they said two weeks ago, in two weeks, we're going to implement mask laws. If it's so bad, why are you waiting two weeks? Like, right. Implement it now. But they stopped sanitizing the carts and the cash registers. It's just like, wait, <laughs> we're, we're taking away one yeah. and adding it. Do, yeah. Does the mask help with you not wiping down the... Yeah. the so I, I don't understand. My, my whole thing is I have to wear a mask. I'm, I, I bought this really cool... I don't have it yet, but it's like basically a skull. Okay. Face, right? I'm going to wear this mask with my shades and a hoodie. <laughs> and I'm going to just walk through the aisles and make people feel extremely uncomfortable. Yep. Because yep. if I got to do something <laughs> I don't want to, I was, I'm going to make you feel it. <laughs> I saw a cloth one that looked like the printout of Hannibal Lecter's mask. Oh, nice. Were, I know. But they wanted like 20 bucks for it. I was like, fuck That's that. Crazy, yeah. All right. So we're getting into Party Line Patriots. We got a couple for you before we get going tonight. So, oops. Oops, there we go. So this one says, you can't see anything. I'm sorry. Okay, you have because, to describe it to me. So this one says, just act like you're one of our listeners, not our sure. YouTube okay, viewers. So. so this is just um, words. There's no pictures or pretty things to look at. It just yeah. says, it took click it or ticket to get people to wear a seatbelt. I wonder if mask it or casket might work. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> right? Fear mongering much? Yeah, right. Mm, casket. Mask it or casket? Interesting. Oh, we'll just leave that one where it is. Mm. Uh, again, mask shaming. You're um, going to make me go home and jump on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next one is a picture of sheep all wearing masks, and it says, your friends. And then it's a picture <laughs> of lions on the prowl, and it says, my friends. Oh, jeez. Which is funny to me because, I mean, if you look at this, it's just like, yeah, um, the sheep or everyone being told what the government tells right. them to. But the 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 part that cracks me up the most is the person who posted it because it's definitely not the lion type. Right. Like, fuck the government or fuck what they say. I'm going to do what I want, you know? Yeah. Um, this is like, she's an older woman and um, she had po- posted whining on how she went to Wal- had to go to Walmart for the first time since this all started because her husband's in the hospital for non- right. non-corona related stuff. So she had to go to Walmart for the front and she this is the first time she's left her house in like 3 months. But you're not a sheep because you don't right. wear a mask and you're, you're you're the lion. Right, but you stay at home for 3 months because they right. tell you to. Right. So yeah. This next one is um it's that little Monkey puppet thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, uh, or a bear. I'm not sure what that is. I think it's a monkey. So it says (laughs) regular puppet or puppets, regular (laughs) parents. We have to open schools. What are we supposed to do? Just leave our children alone at home for hours? And it says parents of the 90s. And it's that like monkey puppet that just like kind of looks at you all like a little sideways look, sideways guilty look. Like, um, I, I know my parents left me at home. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember, and she denies it to this day. My mom uh, left me home while she drove um, my dad to work oh, yeah. a couple times. And we lived kind of out in the boonies. And I, I couldn't have been over six years old at oh, the yeah. time. So, Yeah, I, I remember I, I was 10 watching my sisters when my mom and dad were at work after school. So, right. yeah, it's just, and then that was 80s. But. And then there's this last one. This is just good, good, pure fun. It says... Listen here. It's a picture of Joe Biden, and it says, "Listen here, Jack. You can't knick knack a patty whack without giving a dog a bone." <laughs> Obviously, this is a jab at uh, it's, uh our favorite uh J- Joseph. It's gonna Biden. be our, our future uh, um, State of the Union address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the guy can't uh, make a complete sentence on his own, so he's yeah. he's hired uh, former President Barack Obama to walk around with him and make his statements for him. He's his babysitter. Yeah, I just that saw, should be a movie about that. I woke up this great. morning to a political ad with Obama, like sitting down with, um, and it was a doctor who had worked during the Ebola crisis. Oh, okay, gotcha. And it was Obama and Joe, um, Uncle Joe, talking to this guy about how he was working with Ebola, and now he's so brave he's working with the covid thing and the the doctor is sitting there saying how um it would help if people if the leaders would make this less of a political thing and more of like a science thing <laughs> and then almost immediately after um obama says yeah we need a somebody like joe biden to <laughs> to, to like change the scenario it's just like you just politicized <laughs> this thing after Are you Hearing the words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> oh man, but but Biden says very little in this whole oh, political. I'm sure. 
I, I would be really surprised if we see him in any kind of debate. No, I, I couldn't imagine. Let's, no, they're going to play up the whole, it's just not safe with COVID to be well, doing a debate. he hasn't really left his basement for four months. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, he's not campaigning, but Obama's doing a great job I just, for him. Th- this man is not mentally competent. to be, no. I don't see how they can push him. If and, you need Obama to hold your hand during yeah. the campaign process, when, when else has... Has a former president held yeah. the hand of right. the, the next person running? Yeah. I mean, maybe they had, uh, what, George H.B. walk around with Reagan, you know, during the second election, you know, because that's when Reagan's Alzheimer's just kind of kicking in. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that could be. But that was. I was too young to remember, but. But that was the VP right. walking around. It wasn't a former president. Yeah. So basically, if you're you're voting for Biden, you're you're really voting for whoever his VP right. is. Which have you seen the meme where it's like um, Biden's so close to picking his VP, he can smell her. Yes, I was going to bring that one up, and I forgot to bring it down. I mean, he smells all of her, her hair, her Ugh. her neck. I mean, she's so close. All right. Well, on that note, it is getting late. It is really late here, and we have. Once again, overextended our stay. Once and again. so um, we're going to let you go. Um, definitely come back next week for uh, those guests because it's going to be interesting and to get their side of it. It's, it's like, a, like I said, a different direction from what we're used to going here. But we want to get a few guests in every once in a while um, to kind of shake things up and mix things up a little bit. So stop back next week for that. Um, look into some of this stuff. Let us know what you think about like the rich getting richer. Like I said, I'm not a socialist. I don't, neither right. of us believe in re- redistribution of yeah. wealth. There's gotta be a better way to do this. Right. There's yeah. gotta be a way to prop up the local economy. And in my opinion, the libertarian party leans more in that direction of right. like local politics, yeah. local, uh, economy and things like that versus any of these other parties. I'm not yeah. like a self subscribing libertarian yeah. but they seem to lean that way more than anybody else right. does so yeah. more of a ban the fed type people right so. and keep things at the local level so otherwise on top of that other than that whatever whatever you want to talk about tonight it's so late i can't even process things <laughs> in my brain now um <clears throat> check us out next week get on our social medias um like i said at the end of the week we want to do a live live stream bonus yeah so, so watch for that because that'll be a lot of fun if we decide not to do it live then uh, we'll let you know on social media as well but there will be bonus content coming out um and we'll let you know in a few days uh maybe by the time this episode releases of what our plan is for that so uh, look out for that check us out on social media check us out on uh facebook youtube all, all those social medias. And like we said, every other week, share, like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff so we can do the bigger and better things. We can get um, our name out there more because that's how we get our name out. So anything else? I think we covered it all. I think so. I think we beat it to death. I'm losing my voice. You that's are. how much we beat it to death. So again, we say it every single week. Never stop talking. Argue with people. Exactly. I mean, mix it up some. Stir shit up like Bill does that. Bill's probably going to go home. It's about that time of night that Bill's going to go home and stir shit up. I probably will. Bill, never stop talking (laughs) at 1230 at night. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Again, have a great week and we'll see you back here next week. 